I'm really excited about doing this discipleship course together. Um, it's, a, it's a good book, uh, and even within it, though, there are things that can, can bring up some good discussion and uh, give us an opportunity to ask some questions and conversation and things like that. It's not going to be a sermon. Um, if you've never been to Sunday school before, I guess it can vary different ways, but uh, um, the, the Sunday school class will not be a sermon, so you don't, you're not coming for an extra sermon, uh, but it will be a, an opportunity to learn and to grow together and uh, to share some thoughts as well. So excited to go through that, and uh, hopefully uh, you can join us for that. And again, the books are $12. Um, it's funny, I, found, I went to their website, uh, the people who published the book, and uh, it was $15, and then I was Googling looking for an image to put into the Gazette, and uh, I found them for $3 cheaper on a different website. And I was like, oh, how about that? So, uh, so we'll do that one, $12 uh, there as well. Turn me down just a little bit, if you would, please. Uh, it might just be the monitors, but I'm getting a lot up here. All right, thank you. All right, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, if you haven't figured it out yet. Hebrews chapter 11 uh, today, and as we are collecting our faith promise cards this, uh, this morning, I'd like to preach on faith uh, today, and I'm excited. Uh, missions is something that when we started the church, we were very intentional about. We wanted to uh, create uh, a, a missions program that the Lord was pleased with, and we wanted to make sure that we, um, we supported missionaries. One of the problems in starting a church, depending on how you do it, starting the church the way that we did, is we had no idea the income, what it was going to be like. And uh, so we didn't know how long it would take us to start supporting missionaries and uh, how that would all work. And the Lord allowed us within the first couple months of the church to have a missions conference, um, which we did away with just a couple of years ago because it's hard for everybody to get out here for every night of the week. So we just switched it to the missions month. But back then we did a missions conference, and our first missions conference was in August of 2014. Jeremy Rowland came and preached the conference. And, um, and at the end of the conference, at that time we had uh, four families in the church, my, my family included. And uh, we turned in our faith promise cards for the first time, and we were able to pick up three missionaries at $50 a piece, $50 a month a piece. Um, so $150 came in to faith promise commitments. Uh, then I believe it was the week or the week after, uh, two weeks after, um, one of the families who turned in a faith promise commitment card left the church. And uh, so then we were left with three families and a commitment of $150 a month to the missionaries, along with our other expenses and things. And uh, the Lord always provided it. We've never had an issue with it. It's year number two. Uh, the Lord allows us to ra allowed us to raise their support higher um, to $80, I believe it was, um, a month for each of the three missionaries. And then after that, we were able to add on a fourth family. Um, and then eventually we were up to six families that we were sending financial support to. And uh, we've, that's gone up and down um, here and there. Uh, but nonetheless, we are currently at four because two of our missionaries have come off the field. And uh, Lord willing, by the end of this month, we'll be able to bump that up a little bit. It's not about um, for what it's worth. And this is, has nothing to do with the sermon. But it's not about supporting thousands of missionaries. I know churches that are, that are excited to tell you how many missionaries they support. It's not what it's about. But it is about doing our part uh, biblically to help uh, the spread of the gospel throughout the world. And we do that through either going or sending, and we've talked about that this past month. Um, and uh, at the moment, for us, each of us, our job is to send. 
and to support those that are going. And so that's what we do, and that's why we do missions giving. We believe it's biblical, and uh, we believe it's what God wants us to do. And so our goal is to be able to support missionaries, uh, the missionaries that God would have us to support at the amounts that God would have us to support them. And uh, there, are, there are differing philosophies in this. There are churches who say you should, you should support few missionaries at a high amount, uh, $300, $400 a month, something like that, which, which can be good until you drop their support. Then they're stuck on the field with $300 less a month. And uh, Lord willing, you never have to drop a missionary. But um, the other philosophy is, is more missionaries at smaller amounts. I've talked with a number of missionaries, and they just are happy that you'll send them anything. So they don't care if it's 300 or $2. As long as you're doing something, they're happy. And uh, we, have, we have chosen to go with, uh, I say, lesser amounts. I, we've kind of capped them at $80 a month. That's not to say that will, that will never change, but uh, well, that's kind of where we, we are right now. We'll cap them at $80, and then we'll add more after that. And so we're excited to do that, and that's the way we feel the Lord has led us to this point, at least, to do so. Um, we do need to have, man, this is, I'm just thinking of these things, and I apologize for, for taking up sermon time to do this, but um, we will need to vote on the Grasties. Um, I talked with, with James, and I don't remember if Tyler was in that conversation or not, but um, uh, the idea was is that we would just send them a lump sum uh, check here in August that would cover what we would have supported them for September through December just to help them in their transition. Um, they'd ask that we continue to support through the end of the year, and, uh, and I just felt it was best if we could just do it in one, get it, go ahead and just send it all to them at one time. But we'll need to vote on that. We'll not do that today, uh, but just so you're aware of that. Uh, we also need to vote on the money that we already gave to Heartland Baptist Bible College uh, for being with us, and uh, I apologize for that. Me and James talked about it last week, and I just I wasn't thinking on it. So uh, we gave them a check. Hopefully you don't mind, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. If you do mind, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else's fault. But uh, um, no, I'm just kidding. It was my fault either way. But uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I want us to look at faith this morning. Faith is a term where if you've spent any time in church or religious activity, you've heard the term. Um, there is, it's, it's, it's a term we use often. Have a little faith. Show some faith. Um, where is thy faith? Uh, there's all kinds of different ways you can look at it. Um, I've got faith, whatever it may be. But the Bible actually clearly defines faith for us, and that's one of the things we're going to look at today. I've got four thoughts this morning regarding faith, and we're looking at faith promise giving and our missions giving, and what we mean by that is by faith, I promise to give what God has told me to give. I may not see how it fits into the budget, but uh, God's told me to give it, so by faith, that's what I'm going to commit to do, and I'm going to give it as the Lord provides it to me. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we're defining faith in verse number 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We're going to look at four thoughts this morning regarding faith, and we're going to start off with these three verses on exactly what faith is. Lord, I pray for your help this morning as we uh, have already been praying about what we would give for missions giving this year. And uh, Lord, we've, we've had some missions candidates come through that are worthy of, of, of support. And Lord, they're doing a good work and we would love to help them. But Lord, in order for us to do that, we need to know what you would have us to give. 
And then, Lord, we would have to practice faith to give what you've told us to give. So I pray that this morning as we look at the familiar topic of faith that we will truly understand what faith is and, Lord, how great it can be if we'll just put a little faith in you. So, Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray as I present this familiar passage that I would do it clearly and correctly, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is an interesting thing. I've seen a lot of examples uh, or illustrations of preachers when they're talking about faith. The most easy one to understand, I think, is when you put up a chair. And when you look at a chair, and oftentimes you go and you sit in the chair without thinking much about it, because you have faith that the chair is going to hold you up. I would doubt that anybody came in this morning and sat in the pew, and before you sat down, you wondered in your mind, will this pew hold me up? Now, I admit there are days after certain lunches or dinners where I begin to wonder, is this pew going to hold me? But in most cases, when we sit down in a chair or in a pew, we have full confidence or faith that it is going to hold us. It's a simple illustration, but the reality is God should be, we should have as much faith in God as we do when we sit down. We don't even think about it, right? We just sit. We don't, we don't wonder. Now, there are times, obviously, where you look at a chair and you begin to think, would this hold me? Uh, but in most cases, a chair in your home, you don't question. You have faith that it's going to hold you. I grew up at camp, and at camp we had hundreds of chairs. And I learned which chairs to have faith in <laughs> and which chairs not to have faith. And as a matter of fact, when I go back for men's retreat or for father-son retreat or whenever I'm down there, there are still chairs that are in the dining facility that as a 14-year-old, I unloaded out of a truck and put into the, to the, the cafeteria area. And those chairs, I don't have faith in. But there are other chairs that as an adult, I watched other high school kids unloaded out of a truck and put into the dining facility. Those chairs I trust. Why? Because I've watched people fall through the other chairs, and I haven't seen people fall through the newer chairs. And even though they are already now, my goodness, 15 years old, 16 years old, maybe more than that, um, nonetheless, I still have faith in them. So sure, there are things. Wicker chairs, I don't trust wicker chairs. I don't know about you, but I don't. Uh, wicker chairs, I look at and think, I don't think that was built for me. Um, that was built for someone smaller than me. But nonetheless, in most cases, the chairs that you have, especially in your home, you have faith that they're going to hold you. Anytime that I sit down in this chair up here, I've never, except for the first time because one of my kids helped me put the legs on, um, after that I had full confidence, full faith it was going to hold me. You see, in God, God is much stronger than a chair. It's much more dependable than a chair or a pew. And God is something that we can have faith in. What is faith, point number one? What is faith? It tells us here in verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says in verse three that through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on and tells us throughout Genesis 1 that through God's word, his spoken word, God created the world. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke into existence animals, fish, birds, land, sea, trees, plants, flowers, and human beings. We see that God, through his spoken word, created the world. And it's by faith that we trust that. There are other theories out there 
that say the world was created by two random pieces of dust that collided and exploded, and the next thing you know, there was the world. Now, it takes a lot of faith to believe that nonsense. But you see, that's just not how it works. But at the same time, it takes a lot of faith to believe that God spoke into existence the world. And through faith, we believe that. What is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's believing it to be true even though you have not seen it for yourself. Have you ever seen God? Now, you've seen things of God. You've seen the results of God. You've seen um, God work in your life and things like that. But you've never physically seen God standing before you. And you will not until the day you enter into heaven. So by faith, we believe that God is who he is, who he said he is, who he says he is, and what the Bible teaches about him. It's the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In verse 2, the Bible tells us that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And it goes on in verses 4 through the end of the chapter to speak of different people, men and women, who by faith did certain things and accomplished things for God. Reverend Schofield said that faith gives substance to the promises of God in the Bible that we have not seen yet. Most of the promises that God made in Scripture have already been fulfilled, but not all of them have. And so faith gives substance to those promises that we've yet to see. That is what faith simply is. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not, of things not seen. So now what do we do with that faith? Why is it important to have faith? Well, you know, we're talking about missions giving today and the idea that by faith I'm going to give what God has told me to give even though I cannot necessarily see how I'm going to have that extra money each month to give or week or however you do it. But it's important for us to understand point number two today that faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. As a matter of fact, in verse 5 it says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not uh, see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his transition, or excuse me, translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God. By his faith he pleased God. And then it says in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For, that, uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith pleases God, and as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that without faith, we cannot please God. If we don't have faith in God and who he is and what he says, if we do not have faith that God will accomplish what he says he will accomplish, if we do not have faith in God, we cannot please God. Do you want to please God? If you do, you have to have faith. You can look around the world and you can say, boy, just what a mess that we're in. And listen, it is. It's, 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 it's a messy world. But you can sit there with this world and you can, you can begin to wonder, well, can God actually do what he says that he's going to do? Can God actually forgive a nation like ours? Is God willing to save a nation like ours. If you look throughout Scripture, if you look at Noah's time, the world was evil. The Bible says that every thought and intent of the heart was evil continually for every person. 
And so God said, I'm going to destroy the world. I look around sometimes and I begin to wonder what's it going to take for God to be tired of the sin and the wickedness that's in the world today. If you go back to the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness that is there. And there began to be this conversation with God where Lot says, well, if you can find, I forget the numbers now, but 20 people, and God says, fine, if you can find 20 righteous people, I'll save the city, and you couldn't find 20. And he whittled that number way on down, and they just could not find them. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm telling you, you look at our world today, it's hard to find a whole lot of righteousness. It's one of the reasons why it's so important that we are righteous, that we are good, that we are obedient to God. Because there's going to come a day where God says it is now time. The Bible tells us it's going to happen where God will come and destroy the earth. You see, we ought to please God, but we cannot please him unless we have faith that he is who he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do and faith in him and God alone. Do you have faith that God will handle the circumstances that are currently in your life? We're all going through different things, are we not? We all have physical needs. We all have emotional needs. We all have financial needs. We all have um, just needs that we have to try to figure things out, questions. Do you have faith that God can take care of those circumstances in your life? Most people, if not all Christians, will say, I want to please God, yet so many Christians doubt that God can or will do what he says that he can and will do. And a lot of times it's not necessarily, if you were to ask the question, you know, do you have faith in God, you would say, yes, I have faith in God. Most people would always say that. But it's in how we live our lives that we prove that we don't have faith. It's the, the way that we, we make our decisions that we prove we don't have faith. It's the way that we worry that we prove that we do not have faith in God. And you cannot please God without faith. It's interesting because the names listed here for us in Hebrews 11, there is not a one that you cannot find sin in their life. That we're not perfect people. Some of them did things that you would look at and go, that is really, really bad. But God still acknowledges them for their faith. Noah, by faith, verse 7, being warned of God of things yet not seen or not seen as of yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. You look at that one verse and you say, Noah, boy, he was a really good guy. Noah was a really special person. As a matter of fact, Noah was a faithful man, yet if you read the whole story of Noah, you're going to find sin and pretty crass sin in Noah's life. Verse number 8 says, by faith, Abraham. You read this passage, you'll think, boy, Abraham, what a great guy, a man of God. Yet if you read the whole story of Abraham, you're going to find some sin in, in Abraham's life that you would look at and go, boy, that's really, really bad. Isaac's the same way. Uh, on down, Abraham's listed again, but on down in verse number 20 is Isaac, verse 21 is Jacob, verse 22 is Joseph, verse 23 is Moses. All of these men had failures. Joseph is one that 
is a little harder to find because he was a very good person, but yet he's still a sinner. But Moses and Abraham and Noah had some very crass and corrupt sins. Uh, in verse number 31, the harlot Rahab, you can figure that out. There was some sin in her life. You see different people. Gideon, he had doubts of God. Samson, Samson had one moment in his life that we read about in Scripture that was good. And yet, in Hebrews 11, God says, by faith, Samson. David, we know David's sins. They're very public for the world to see. Samuel had his sins uh, as well. And all of these people are listed yet still of the faith that they had. I'm telling you, friend, the mistakes that you've made... God doesn't write you off. He desires for you to have faith. Yes, he wants you to live right. Yes, he wants you to be forgiven. Yes, he wants you uh, to live a life that is clean, that is pure, that is right. But that one mistake, that second mistake, whatever it may be, God doesn't wipe you out. He says, now I want you to live by faith because without faith it is impossible to please God. One way that we show faith is through our missions giving. If you sincerely prayed about what to give, it would not surprise me if you began to doubt if the number that you received is actually doable. If you sincerely prayed about it. Because when we don't pray about it, we do what, what makes sense to us. Um, that's not a whole lot of faith in that. But when we do pray about it, God gives us a number, and, and oftentimes we look at that number and we say, okay, if we've done this long enough, you'll, you'll know God provides it, and everything will be fine. But still there are times where you sit there and you look at it and you go, hmm, all right. So that's what we're going to give. Hmm, all right. Okay, I think we'll be okay. I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to work. You know, and this month it'll work fine, but next month or that month, or, you know, Christmas time or whatever it is, we begin to think and we begin to question. That's not faith. Faith is believing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Number three this morning, faith shows the proper respect of God. Faith shows proper respect of God. We talk a lot about this. If you truly know who God is, you're going to live a way that God is pleased with. If you truly understand and comprehend what God is capable of, who he is, the creator of the world, the savior of the world, the almighty, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, it's easy to have faith in that God. But when you don't have a proper understanding of God, it's going to hurt things. But faith will show that we have a proper respect of God. Back in verse number 7, and we just read it a, a second ago, but it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark uh, to the which, uh, sorry, the ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith. You see, Noah, he was warned of God, but he had not seen a flood before. It was not common. It was not something that had happened before. And so Noah, by faith, showed that he respected who God was. Even though he hadn't seen a flood before, he believed it was coming. And he built an ark. Now, there is a lot of um, assumptions made by preachers when it comes to Noah. They'll tell you about how the people mocked Noah and things like that. I don't doubt that that happened. I mean, if you think about a guy building an ark that had never been built before and 
and then talking about a flood that had never happened before, you've got to believe people would think something's not right with this guy. Um, he's not really, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's a little crazy. He's a little off his rocker, whatever it may be. But nonetheless, Noah, by faith, built an ark. And that ark, and ultimately his faith, is what saved his family. They were the only people, as a matter of fact, that were spared in the flood. That's all that was left afterwards. But Noah, being told of God to do something that he did not know how God was going to uh, come up with the end result, how it was going to end, Noah still prepared the ark. It says by fear, um, and I believe that to be the reverence fear, uh, the proper reverence of God, he prepared the ark. You see, when, our, when we have faith, it will show that we properly respect who God is. Because when God tells us something, instead of questioning it or doubting it, we just say, yes, Lord, and we do it. And when our family or our friends or someone else questions, why are you doing that? I believe the Lord wants me to. And I have faith that he's going to take care of it all. It shows the respect of God. Number four, and lastly this morning, I want us to see that faith accomplishes more than we can do on our own. When we're talking about missions giving, on our own, we cannot give enough. We'll run out of funds. Our budget is too tight. Um, our income is too small. Whatever it may be, on our own, we cannot do enough. But with God's help, we can. And when God tells us, I want you to give this amount, and again, I stress, and I, I hope that you understand this, I stress, it, I don't care how much it is. If $5 is what God told you to give, then give $5. All right? I, not everybody can or will or, or is told to give $100 or more or whatever it may be. I don't want to put a stipulation on anything. It's, it's whatever God tells you to give, you give, and don't be ashamed of it. But we need to understand that if we're going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we have to have faith that God is going to do it, not us. I've had people tell me before uh, about their finances. I've pastored two churches. I've been a pastor for 10 years. So I've heard some things over the, over the last decade. I've been told before that without my money, this church will die. I've been told before that you need to do this because I give this amount. I've been told before that my money is the reason this church exists. And I'm telling you, that's just not true. It's not how God works. He owns a cattle, God does, on a thousand hills. He doesn't need your money. He desires that you give. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's godly to do so. But God doesn't want you to give because he can't afford to support missionaries. And God doesn't want you to give because he can't afford to keep the lights on in a church building. And God doesn't need your money. He uses your giving as a teaching tool in your life to trust him. And you see, faith accomplishes more than we can. When we started missions giving in August of 2014, our church could not afford to give money to missionaries. We just couldn't do it. We had another church was paying our rent. 
we, we paid the bills after that, and it was not easy. We couldn't afford to give to missionaries, so we did faith promise giving, and people turned in a card and committed to give so much money a month, and we were able to support three missionaries. We couldn't do it, but God could. And we had faith that God would provide for the needs that we had. Even when the family left the church right after the commitment was given that they were going to give money, we couldn't make up that money, but God could. There's not been a day in this church's history where we could not afford to send a check to a missionary that we told them we were going to send. There's not been a day in the history of this church where we could not pay our rent or pay our electric bill or pay any other bill that's out there. There's not been a day in the church's history where we could not pay what has been promised to have been paid. And it's not because we have filthy rich members. It's because we have a God that is able and so by faith, this church exists. And by faith, this church supports missionaries. And by faith, we're going to continue to do so. In verse number 30 of Hebrews 11, the Bible says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Do you know the story of Jericho? Children of Israel come into the promised land. And God gave them the battle plan. Walk around the city one time a day for six days. Then on the seventh day, you walk around the city seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, you do not say a word, you do not make a peep, you do not sneeze, you do not cough. That's not necessarily in the scriptures. But you do not speak uh, while you're walking around. But on the last time, when you walk around the, the walls of Jericho, which was not a small walk, by the way, you're going to shout and you're going to scream and you're going to blow the trumpets, you're going to make noise. The children of Israel did so as the Lord commanded, and guess what? The walls of Jericho fell down, not with pickaxes, not with cannons, not with bulldozers, with screaming and yelling. The walls came down. You know what? People can't do that. But faith can Faith can accomplish more than we can accomplish. We can't support the missionaries that we're going to support with the amount that we're going to support on our own. It won't be enough. But God can. Our money, however much it is to a missionary, is not paying their bills. Right? At the most, we're supporting a missionary at $80 a month right now. There's potential if we add a new missionary, we'll add them at $50 a month, depending on what comes in. That's how we've typically done it. We start a missionary at 50 and when we're able to raise it, we raise it. $50 a month, I think we all understand, unless we're young, we understand that's not a lot of money. It doesn't do a lot. Right now, depending on the vehicle that you drive, $50 a month doesn't even get you gas for the month. But what can God do? with $50 a month. It's not the money, again, it's the heart. It's the willingness, it's the obedience. All right, Lord, you told me to give 50, so I'll give 50, and God says, wonderful. I'm going to turn that 50 into 5,000. I'm going to turn this one church's support of a missionary into 100 churches supporting this missionary. I'm going to reward the obedience of your faith 
to help this missionary get onto the field and do what I've called them to do. That's what it comes down to. Faith accomplishes more than we can do on our own. Can we send money to a missionary without faith? Yes, we can. But it will not accomplish near as much as the money that we send by faith, that we allow God to use. We don't pat ourselves on the back because our mission support goes up by so much. We don't pat ourselves on the back because we get to add missionaries. It's not about us. It's about God and what God's going to do with it, how God's going to reward our faith. If you read through Hebrews 11, you will see God over and over again blessing faith, God doing something with faith, doing something spectacular. We talked about the sins of the people, but if you go back and look in verse number 4, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why? Why was his sacrifice of, of fruits, uh, excuse me, of, of a lamb uh, more acceptable to God than that of the rewards or the fruit of the garden? It's because it's what God told him to bring, and by faith he brought it. And Cain did not. God rewarded that, by the way, to this day, is still rewarding the faith of Abel. By faith Enoch, he didn't have to die. One of only two people in Scripture we read about that did not die. God just took him up to heaven. Verse number 7, by faith Noah, he built an ark. Verse number 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go, that he should receive afterwards an inheritance. He obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he would go. He sojourned in verse number 9, and on down through uh, verse number 16. In verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac, his son, a sacrifice. God rewarded him for it. That same Isaac, uh, by faith, verse 20, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. In verse 21, Jacob, by faith, when he was a dying, blessed both sons of Joseph and worshiped, uh, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, verse 22, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones, knowing that God would deliver. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months by his mother, by his parents, let's here in verse 23, because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasures of sin for a season. Being Pharaoh's kid, you get a lot more luxuries in life than being an Israelite. But by faith, Moses was an Israelite. By faith, verse 29, they passed through the Red Sea. We're skipping through some verses. By faith, verse 30, the walls of Jericho fell. Uh, by faith, verse 31, uh, Rahab did not perish because she hid the spies. Verse uh, 32, there's not time to mention everybody, it says, but it talks about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, who, verse 33, through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to, uh, to flight the armies of the aliens. Verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. 
and others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, they received not the promise. What promise is that? The promise of Jesus Christ coming to this earth. Hadn't seen that yet. Guess what we know? We know that Jesus Christ came to earth and that he died and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. These people didn't know that yet. By faith, they served Jesus we have so much more to go on than these people, and yet still our faith falters. Verse 40 says, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. We have so much to go on, all the things that God has done. So much more to go on than even these folks had. So where's your faith? In just a moment, we're going to collect faith promise cards. I ask you simply, do you have faith that God will provide what he's told you to give? He's able. What is faith? It's defined for you in Hebrews 11. You need to understand that faith pleases God and that faith shows proper respect of God. And more importantly, we need to know that faith accomplishes more than we can do on our own. You can't do it. God can. And he wants to do it through you. You just got to have a little faith. Lord, thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for your word and what we can learn from it. And God, I pray that you'd help us to by faith live as you'd have us to live. And Lord, that we would not live in fear of what might come, but Lord, in faith and what you will bring. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us specifically with our giving to missions that, God, by faith we would give as you've told us to give. And, Lord, I do pray that you'd allow our church to add missionaries this year. You've added people to our church. You've grown our church, and, Lord, we're so thankful for that. And, God, now I pray that as a church we can, by faith, give more this year than we've given in the past. Lord, I know that our faith is proved through our obedience. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us to obey and that you'd help us to have faith that you will take care of us and that you'll provide for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want you to ask you this morning,